scandals. Happy day after Bachelor Mondays, everyone. I gotta tell you, I have been so exhausted the past few weeks, and I think it's like a combination of not getting enough sleep and having to wake up early and not drinking enough water and my low blood sugar and then extremely high peaks of sugar and then, you know, having that drop. Combination of a lot of things, but I'm feeling better. Not the best, but better. These days I haven't been watching a lot of TV, so I felt like this weekend was my chance to keep up and be a couch potato. So I watched the Golden Globes, and quite frankly, it sucked. I think everyone tuning in virtually and doing their speech virtually, like it wasn't fun. There were some technical difficulties, like I know Daniel Kaluuya was muted and you couldn't fix that for like a few minutes. It was awkward. I felt like those awkward Zoom calls you have with your coworkers and someone's supposed to speak, but it's just that silence because they're on mute and you're kind of waiting for them. Like I didn't love it. And then Amy Poehler and Tina Fey were presenting in two different locations. Like one was in LA, the other one was in New York. And so they did like a split screen and they were both standing on stage, but together so it almost looked like they were standing together I don't know why they did that aren't they best friends like aren't they in the same circle couldn't they have been at the same place at the same time so I I didn't like it it wasn't great to watch aesthetically wasn't pleasing and it was so slow because you had to wait for everyone's uh, Wi-Fi connection to to be reliable and I yeah no it wasn't a year that I I liked but there were some winners um the Crown went home with a lot of awards. I actually haven't watched The Crown, but I'm going to now seeing how uh, popular it was. I was really happy to see Catherine O'Hara from Schitt's Creek go home with the award for Best Actress in a TV comedy or musical. That woman deserved it. She was hilarious. I still don't know what her accent is. Does anyone? It's not important. Anyways, that was a great success. Soul also got the award for Best Animated Motion Picture. Totally deserved it. I mean, they were talking about finding your spark in life. And this is a movie for children. And the plot where a jazz player passes too soon and tries to get his life back because he didn't do everything that he wanted to do like I feel like that's such a mature topic and they're bringing it so early on to children and they're talking about it in a way that is not scary very informative and I think it's like it's good it teaches kids to have an appreciation for life I thought it was beautifully done I absolutely love that movie I watched it twice so well deserved Okay, so I'll move on from the Golden Globes. Today I wanted to talk about something that I struggle with and I've said in the podcast before. Honestly, like it's something I've known about myself for a while, but I just wanted to talk about it because this weekend I kind of realized how much of a problem it is. And it's my struggle with empathy. And before I go into it, I just wanted to state that I'm not a psychopath. Um, It's not like I don't feel anything towards people uh, or I just can't understand what they're going through. I mean, yes, to an extent, but like I am a human. It's just, it's, it's really hard for me to. And because of that, it's like I have this wall up or I just come off as rude, ignorant, lacking compassion, 
Like the best way I could illustrate this is um, this one example. So I was driving up to Muskoka with my friends and I was telling my friends, hey, you know what? I think I struggle with empathy. And my one friend, Anya, was like, okay, so let's say you're walking down the street and you see a girl crying. How do you feel? And I was like, uncomfortable. And then she's like, that's the wrong answer. Wouldn't you feel bad or wonder why she's crying? And I was like, no, I'd feel very uncomfortable and probably try to avoid making eye contact with her. And the fact that we had very different responses to that same situation was very telling to me. And it made me think that, hey, you know, maybe I should work on this empathy thing. I actually remember there was like this empathy quiz we had to take at work for a workshop. And I think it was like the average score for a woman was like 45. And like my score was like really low in comparison to the average. So I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so um, when we measure how strong I am in empathy, like it quantitatively is not on par with most of the population. Anyways, I didn't take that quiz too seriously, but I do acknowledge the fact that this is an area that I wanted to improve. And so I started really looking into why I struggle with empathy. And one thing that I learned is that Children aren't born with empathy, and I think anyone who's been around kids would know that because you'll see kids fighting on the schoolyard, and you'll be like, oh, Billy, uh, don't do that. Like, don't you know how that would make you feel if someone took your toy? Like, no, Billy shouldn't know that because developmentally, like, Billy's not there yet. I think it takes until kindergarten for kids to, at the very earliest, understand how another person's feeling and put themselves in their shoes. Like empathy is a complex behavior and it does take emotional intelligence. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's all my parents' fault because I'm a grown-up, I can make my own choices, I can work on whatever I wanna work on. Um, so that's not where I'm going with this. I'm just saying that it's a complex emotion and people shouldn't feel bad for not being as empathetic as the people around them. You can work on that. That is, if you want to work on that. And if you don't want to work on that, understand that a lot of relationships in your life are going to suffer. You will have a hard time connecting with people and it will be exhausting trying to pretend like you care all the time. Truthfully, I do it a lot. Like, my friends will call me out for it as well. Like, I will say things that I think are the right things to say and it just sounds so scripted and inauthentic. It's like a few phrases that I've just learned to say whenever someone's going through a tough situation. And you can just tell by my body language or the way my voice sounds that I have just checked out and I'm trying to say the right things. And that's like, to me, I thought that was what I should do because I was like, okay, if I don't say anything, I just sound like a dick. So at least say the right thing. So I hit the checkbox for being supportive. But that kind of sucks too. Like people don't think you're supportive. They're not dumb. They can see that you're not paying attention or that you can't really understand what they're going through. So instead of saying, that's just who I am, I can't help it, which is something I've been saying, I have to stop avoiding this issue and just learn how to approve upon it. So to do that, I had to look into why it is that I have an issue feeling with others. Which, by the way, is the difference between sympathy and empathy. So sympathy is feeling for others, whereas empathy is like feeling with others. 
quick intermission, guys. I just had to do my nighttime skin routine. I moved to my bedroom and um, I look really greasy right now. But anyways, let's let's get back to where I was. Um, so I had to look at the reasons, you know, why I struggle with empathy. And I think largely what it comes down to is, you know, my response to things. I have to think about how I respond to things. And one way I respond is, and it's typical, is anger. So sometimes my instinct when someone tells me something that I don't think would impact myself in the same way it impacts them, I just get mad. I think about why are you so upset about it? Or I say it's not a big deal. And often I default to, you know, either lecturing them about why they should have listened to me or why I was right. Or I just get super cold and I don't comfort them whatsoever just because I'm annoyed. And when I reflect on why I'm like that, I would say part of the reason is because my parents were the tough love type of people. So, you know, if someone hurt my feelings, then, you know, they would tell me don't cry about it or just be brave. And honestly, yeah, like we're not emotionally sensitive people in my household. Like even my brother and I, we never hugged growing up like we just knew anger, really. Oh my gosh, I have a story. Okay, so basically, um, so this one time, my brother was supposed to pick me up from the train station after work one day, and he knew what time to be there. I told him, and he was late. And I don't know, I was really irritated that day already, and then, you know, he shows up late. I'm like the last person there, and his girlfriend is in the car with him. And like, I was just like, dude, you picked up your girlfriend before you picked me up? Like, I was pissed because, like, family first. So, you know, me being the petty person I am, I told him, get out the car. Since you're such a slow-ass driver, you can't be here on time, I'm going to drive. And he refused. And, like, it was just, like, a fight, basically. Like, we were just arguing in the parking lot. And um, he drove away. He just drove away because he was like really fed up and I was like stranded and I'm like, all right, I guess I'm taking the bus home. Um, and so I go home. It takes me like 30 minutes with the bus. I'm pissed off even more. And he wasn't even home. He went to dinner with his girlfriend and I didn't have a key that day. So I was stuck in the freezing cold and I was literally like arguing with him on the phone to come home just to open the door, then go back to his dinner. And he was refusing. And basically like after yelling on the phone for like 10 minutes, he came home. We fought some more. Basically to get back at me, he squeezed sunscreen all over my clean clothes in my hamper. So I was pissed like that is an oil stain do you know how hard it is to get that out so i go to his room where he's at i take a bottle of water and i pour it all over his head so um yeah anyways we fight dirty it get it gets worse um we have no boundaries yeah um so you can see how like my instinct is anger because that's just like what i'm used to it's very being dramatic being annoyed pissed yeah so that's why, like, sometimes when people say things to me, I I default to anger. Um, you know, another thing I do, though, is I'll put a wall up. And what I mean is, like, um, it's basically like I try to protect myself. I try to detach myself from the situation. Like the scenario I said earlier, where if I saw someone crying on the street, I would feel uncomfortable. It's just like a way of me protecting myself because I rationalize that it's better to feel nothing than to feel something because at least that way I'd be further away from feeling the pain. And 
Pain is something I'm familiar with, and I've felt abandoned from people close to me growing up. I've gone through painful painful moments. Like I went through a painful breakup at one point where I was literally on the ground of a school parking lot crying my heart out by myself like in the middle of the night. So, you know, protecting myself from feeling anything and having this wall up just seems like the best course of action for me. And it's just a way of me protecting myself from emotions. But in doing that, I'm further like distancing myself from the other person. And obviously, they're going to take that as, oh, she doesn't really give a shit. And it's like, well, she's trying to save herself from feeling sadness. But these responses I have whenever someone shares these situations and, and shares how they feel, they're moments that could bring me closer to that person and define our relationship. But instead, I managed to use it as a way to put some distance between us. And it's something that I don't want to do anymore. I actually learned that there are four styles of adult attachment. And why this is important is because this theory basically states that how you attach to other adults strongly corresponds with how you attach to others as a child. And there are four different styles. And knowing what style you are is like the first step towards strengthening your relationships. And so there are like four styles. Like I said, there's secure, avoidant, anxious, and disorganized. So the names are very telling. So if you're someone who is secure, you don't worry about rejection. You're, it's very easy for you to get really close to others. You're very comfortable on depending on others, but also can depend on yourself, um, which is like ideal. And then you have the avoidant style, which means you are just uncomfortable with being close to others. You value your independence and your freedom. Um, and so, you know, you're very, you find it difficult to trust and depend on others. And, you know, you just prefer that others don't depend on you. Um, it's just really important to you to be very self-sufficient. And then, the third style is the anxious style. So this is people who are very insecure about their relationship. They want to be extremely emotionally close with others. Um, they worry that their partner doesn't love or value them enough and will abandon them. And honestly, this type of need for closeness scares people away. And then there's the fourth type, which is a combination. It's anxious and avoidant. So it's basically you are high on avoidance, high on anxiety. You're like uncomfortable with intimacy, but yet you want to be close to the other person. So like a good example of this is if someone was like, oh, babe, like, oh, I want you to be so close. I want you to hug me. And then like they do when you're like, oh, but don't hug me like that. I don't want your arms around my shoulders like that. Ugh. And that's where I fall. It can get really confusing because part of you is like, oh, I want to be close to you and I want to depend on you. But then the other part is like, oh, but like, I don't want you to be too close. I don't want to feel smothered. Like, I think, I think we need some distance between us. And so it's like really confusing for the significant other of that person because it's like, okay, well, what do you want? And the reason this happens is because that person, and in this case, it's me, has been hurt from both sides. And that's why there's the confusion confusion about which, which do I want? Do I want the closeness and intimacy or do I want distance? 
it's like because I've been hurt from both abandonment and rejection. And so, you know, having been hurt on both sides, it's like, well, what do I want more? What hurts less really is the question. But what I've learned is having had those experiences and being a person who is both like avoidant and anxious, if I were to get rid of my defense mechanisms, I would be a pretty kick-ass marriage counselor because I would be able to empathize with both sides. So that's the silver lining in this. Like it sucks that I've had those experiences and they've led to me not being able to empathize, but recognizing that this is a behavior I want to change, there is so much that I could be capable of feeling. And I'm not saying I'm going to be a marriage counselor because I think I'm going to be pretty awesome at it. I'm not. I absolutely, I would be like the worst marriage counselor. I'd be like, just take all his money. Um, <laughs> but uh, what I'm saying is the experiences I've had as a child have molded me into the adult I am today with the behaviors I have. But accepting that that's just who you are and not wanting to change it because of your pride is not good from a personal development standpoint, but it's going to really impact the relationships you have with people in the future. And so recognize that you need to acknowledge this flaw and then make a change. If you're someone like me, know that when you let yourself feel with other people, like, yes, it's very vulnerable, but that emotional intelligence is going to be a, a source of strength and a skill that a lot of people don't have. And I think if you're able to tap into that, you will see how it positively impacts all parts of your life. You're going to be able to foster like a stronger relationship with people on your team at work. You're going to be able to connect with your friends better, maybe have less problems between you and your significant other. Like there's no downside and all the upside to working on this. So that's just where I'm at. I've just acknowledged in my journey that I need to change this behavior and I'm doing what I can to research the reasons why I am the way I am. I can't say that I'm fully there. Like you will still probably hear me say very scripted things if you come to me with an emotional story, but my point is that I'm working on it and that's the best I can do. So Thanks for listening to my struggle with empathy and letting me be a little bit vulnerable because that's something that I don't do often. And if you're someone who's like me, like, hey, just pray on it, which is also something I should do more. And think about what the other person is going through without your pride getting in the way of it. So yeah, that concludes today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As per usual, give this podcast a five-star rating. Follow me at busy.makingotherplans or my personal at ashleytabatabae. And I will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye now. Scandalous. Insatiable.